Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Saturday, November 7th. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from sunny Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do every Saturday at noon. As you know, I'll take calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860, or you can email me your questions at info at We've got a fantastic show for you today. Later in the show, we will be discussing what is your favorite Cabernet Sauvignon that I want to know. Okay, we'll talk about some industry updates in my segment called Heard It Through the Grapevine. After that, I'll give you my review of great value-priced wine. Today's wine is from Napa Valley and under $20, so you'll want to stick around for that. I'll make some red and white wine recommendations in my segment, Stu's Pick of the Week. Also, I will mention a few wine events going on around the country, so if you want a good wine festival to go to, you'll want to hear my suggestion. Up first, my Heard It Through the Grapevine industry updates. This article is from the Southern Maryland newspaper online. The article is called Southern Maryland Has Plenty to Wine About. It's by Laura Buck. Okay, Here's an excerpt. Behind every bottle of wine, there is a grape. Behind every grape, there is a vineyard. Behind every vineyard, there's a grower. Todd Connick of Hughesville has never had a particular affinity for vino, and yet he has been growing grapes for four years, a habit he got into when his family stopped growing tobacco on their farm at Zachariah's Crossing. His uncle suggested the family take up growing grapes, which Connick said seemed like the most viable replacement for tobacco at the time. 
he goes on to say 300 turned into 600, and 600 turned into 1,000. Connick said of the grapevines, which now take up an acre of his farm. He sells to Friday's Creek Winery in Owings, Maryland. Connick currently grows about five grape varieties on this farm, along with his father, Tucker Connick, and is planning to add an additional acre. Okay, my thought on that. First and foremost, better grapes than tobacco any day. But here's a perfect example of what I love about the wine industry. You can find people growing and producing wine everywhere. That is the part of the, of the beauty of the wine industry. You'll see as, as my show continues to report, I am all about supporting the grassroots effort of the small or lesser or unknown wine producer. I'll do everything I can to get the word out about them nationally. And here's my platform, my show. Next update is from a Forbes magazine article entitled Wines That Surprise by Tyler Coleman. Here's an excerpt. Have you ever been have you ever mistaken Bordeaux for Burgundy? Harry Waft, a venerable member of the British wine trade of the late twentieth century, was once asked. Not since lunch, he replied. Tasting wine can be confusing, even for second-season pros. Research has shown that when evaluating a wine's flavors, the drinker is sensitive to a variety of inputs, such as the price, the label, the producer, and even the stemware the wine is served in. So tasting wines blind, or just poured into the glass without knowing what they are, has become the choice of many professionals, ranging from competition judges to critics. The theory is that holding various elements constant, such as tasting a group of Napa Cabernets all from the same vintage, but eliminating all other information, can lead to more unvarnished and objective opinion. My thoughts. As I've always said repeatedly, you could offer me wine poured out of a sock, and if I liked the taste, I wouldn't care that it was poured out of a sock. Wine is all about the senses, and drinking it blind is a, a great way to take away all the hype that the wine producer creates about their wine and get down to its true taste. I love doing blind taste tests. Remember, if you have any questions, I have answers, so call me at 1-646-381-4860. As I've always said, I'll take your call anytime during the show. So now let's talk about some great value-priced wines. Today's choice is from Napa Valley. It's a 2006 St. Francis Cabernet Sauvignon. Wine Spectator gives it a 90-point rating. Now, I rate it a little higher. It's a solid 92 points. And here's what I'll tell you about the wine why. This cab has ripe, rich, chewy blackberry and blackcurrant flavors. The impressions you get are of cedar, tobacco, spice, and maybe a little bit of vanilla. It's tannins. They're round on the finish. This is great by itself, or, of course, as I've always said, pair a Cabernet Sauvignon with a nice steak, but also try a spicy chili as well. On to Stu's Pick of the Week. Every week, I'll be choosing a red and white wine that I recommend for the weekend or any occasion. This week's red is a Tempranillo from Spain, 2001 Arvisa Reserva Rioja. Wine Spectator gives it 89 points. I rate it actually 91 points. I think this is a fantastic buy. It's a great, great wine. It's got deep ruby color. It tastes cherries and currants. The nose, 
nice and complex. A little butter, maybe some sweet spices. Again, a little hint of vanilla. It's soft and round with a nice, long finish. Average price you'll find this for is about $17.95. I believe, not unlike other wines that you pair, I think this is much better by itself. So drink this by itself and enjoy it. It's a really great valued wine and one that you'll really appreciate. My white wine pick of the week is a 2007 Edelsheim Pinot Gris from my favorite place in Oregon, Willamette Valley. It's crisp. Bright flavors have always been the hallmark of Adelsheim's Pinot Gris. You'll find tastes of mosque pear, maybe a little white peach, some wine sap apple with a little bit of spice. It has a nice texture, and it's got a very nice, long finish. I like, you'll, you'll notice when I, when I do my shows, you'll pick up on the fact that I do like long finishes. Some, again, like it crisp and short, that's it, but I like them nice and, nice and long finish. Okay, let's see. You know, don't worry. If we, you missed any of the, you know, anything that I've talked about, you know, you can call it at 1-646-381-4860. Okay, moving on. Upcoming events for my fellow wine enthusiasts to check out and get to. Let's see. Uh, if you're going to be in Philadelphia, there's the Fizz Fest in Philadelphia, PA, on November 12th. Also on the 12th, in Monterey, California, getting out to the West Coast, is the 12th annual Great Wine Escape Weekend. So that'll be the whole weekend there. On the 19th, in Houston, Texas, moving over to the grand state of Texas, you've got the 26th annual French-American Wine and Food Festival. That's a great thing to get to. If you get a chance to get to that, that's fantastic. Okay, and let's go on to, last but not least, my question of the day from the top of the show. What is your favorite Cabernet Sauvignon? I'll take your calls now at one 381 4860 Or for all of you out there that are shy on the phone and want to email your answers, go to info at com. Okay, I can see some email questions coming in on this one. Let's see. First one is from Wine and Dine from Secaucus, New Jersey. And she says, mine is, believe it or not, a value-priced one that I saw on your website. It's a 2005 Cannonball Cab from Napa. She also goes on to say, you rock, Stu. Your show is fun. Well, I want to thank you for the compliment, Wine and Diner, and your email. Good choice, too, by the way. Interesting take on the subject here. Okay, next one is from Glass of Red from Needham, Massachusetts. And he says, Dude, the best I ever had was a 1999 Robert Mondavi Reserve. It's as smooth as silk, and I've yet to find a cab with as long a finish since. You got a great show? My friend went to your website and told me to listen. I'm glad I did. Catch you next week. Thanks, Glass, for your email and for the good word and getting it out there about my show in Massachusetts. Last one is from Great Grapes from Austin, Texas. And he says, really having fun listening and learning, Stu. I'm a newbie when it comes to wine. I tried a 2000 Silver Oak cab at my friend's party last week, and it was awesome. I went to your website to learn about the different types of grapes. You got this Texan's ear. Hmm, okay, well, thanks, Great, for your email, and I'll do my best to keep the state of Texas happy. Finally, my thoughts on the subject. 
Mine is actually a relatively new vintner or producer on the block. And I say relatively new because this is a 2001, but it's a 2001 Tom Eddy cab, probably for the money, and it's about $70 a bottle. The nicest I've tried recently, I say recently. Um, I have some time for some questions. Once again, you can call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at com. I can see some email questions coming in, so I'll take a few. First one is from Aroma Girl from Madison, Wisconsin. She asks, do you get the same benefits from taking a, a resveratrol supplement than from drinking wine? Okay, well, Aroma Girl, let me answer that. The answer is simple. You can get a significant beneficial antioxidant effect from taking a supplement versus drinking wine. However, you get no enjoyment of drinking wine and no relaxing effect from the alcohol. So your choice. Good question. Thanks for sending it in. Next is from Blue Nails from Oberon, Ohio, and it says, what is the difference between a Prosecco and a Cava? Thanks for your email question. Let me clear this up for you. Prosecco, first and foremost, is from Italy, whereas Cava's come from Spain. Cava's are as close to a French champagne as you can get without coming from the Champagne region. It's produced in the same fashion as champagne is, whereas now Prosecco is a light, typically fruity, sparkling wine. Prosecco is great for mimosas or bellinis or for any occasion where you want something light and relatively inexpensive. Prosecco's run on average between $11 and $20 range. Cava's, one in particular, the Segura Viudas, is an excellent choice for champagne drinkers who don't want to spend, you know, an arm and a leg for a simple toast, but want it to taste good. They run typically around $17 and up. Okay, I'm just checking here to see any more questions coming through. Checking on the chat line. And by the way, you can, I have a chat line that I set up where when my show is on, you can go into the chat room forum and answer questions through the chat room forum. Uh, I will also go in periodically while the show is on and check to see exactly where we're at, questions you may have on the chat forum, and so forth. Well, that's it for Wine Talk. I'm your host, Hugh the Wine Guru. I want to thank all the listeners who listened and the email questions that came through. Remember to come back here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash do the wine guru on Saturdays at noon for more Wine Talk. I will be expanding Wine Talk. It, we may be looking at a Monday or Tuesday day as well. We just wanted you to keep your ears open and take a look at the site. You can go to my website and check. Email me any questions at info at com. And as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up. Thanks. And have a great day. Got a call here from 512, area code. Let me check, take that for you. One moment. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, Stu, the wine guru. My name is Jane, and I'm Hi, calling Jane. from Texas. And here in Texas, they call me Miss Jane. Miss Jane. Okay, Miss Jane. What can I do <laughs> for you today? I know. Well, actually, I'm um, 
Uh, just calling in, I'm thinking maybe you would like to chat a little bit about Texas wines. That would be great. We'd love to. What's on your mind? Let's, uh, let's find out a little bit more about Texas wines. Again, I, I say to my listeners all the time that I'm all about the lesser-known vineyards and regions of the country that produce wine, and I like to highlight them and, and bring them to the forefront. So let's talk about Texas. Well, believe it or not, Texas is actually the fifth, fifth largest wine producer in the state. Mm-hmm. And we're right behind, of course, California, Washington, New York, and Oregon. Yes. We actually have about 4,000 acres of vineyards. And we're still kind of figuring out what grapes do best here, but we're really making some fantastic Mediterranean varietals. Um, we've got some Sangiovese. Actually, we have a wine called Super Texan. And I'm sure that a lot of your uh, listeners will love that cute little play on word. Absolutely. And, of course, it's Sangiovese and Cabernet. And That's that wine, yeah, isn't that cute? Yeah, and that time. wine is actually made by Flat Creek Estate, and um, the first year that they made it was 2004, and in 2006, they entered it into the Pacific Rim International Wine Competition in, of all places, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it won a double gold medal. Wow, um, that's fantastic. Isn't that awesome? That's great. And so we've actually got some award-winning wines, and in the 80s, believe it or not, we had a Texas Chardonnay also win a double gold medal. Um, I've heard about the Chardonnay from Texas, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the the one that was the first winning, the first uh, internationally winning wine in Texas was the Lano Estacado Chardonnay. Okay. um, Which is which is made in a region called the Texas High Plains. Isn't that doesn't that have a nice ring to it? (laughs) The big state of Texas. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually an AVA. We actually have eight AVAs in Texas. Um. And my favorite wine to come out of Texas is Viognier, which makes sense because that's yeah, of a, a warm-weather grape. And mm-hmm. um, all you got to do is stick your head outside right today to remember that Texas is uh, warm, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what part actually, of Texas are you actually calling from? Actually, I'm right smack in the middle. I'm in Austin, Texas. Sure. Great music yeah. town. Oh, Al, thank goodness you said that. That's right. You know your stuff, Stu, the wine I guru. Sure, I sure do. Yeah, and actually, I am the uh, wine educator at the Le Cordon Bleu College in Austin. Well, and and please give a plug, absolutely. There you go, yeah, and actually, uh, it's actually, we're a culinary college, and I teach the wine classes there. Excellent. Um, and I also do a little stomping for the Texas Department of Agriculture, of course. Okay. Um, and uh, I and that's pretty much where I'm coming from. I actually teach all kinds of wines, and I love all kinds of wines, but um, I think I have a unique perspective on Texas, because... Not that many people know about it. No, and, and, that, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of glad that you called in. Um, I'm, like I said before, I'm trying to ex- kind of expand the horizons of everybody who typically goes in for the Napa Valley and or, you know, the different regions, the well-known regions like Italy, for, as you were mentioned before, the Super Tuscans and the Sangiovese and so forth. But what I, I did want to ask also is, uh, now here was the question of the day, and of course I can't let you go without answering that. So what is your favorite Cabernet Sauvignon? I know there's a lot out there to, to consider. Well, actually, I've got. Can I can I have two answers? You can. An A and a B. Okay. I will my allow favorite, you that. Thank you, thank you. My favorite high end is Opus One, and that's kind of stretching, you know, the question. Yeah. Um, and also that's that's also uh, implying that somebody wants to spend two hundred dollars on me that night. True. Um, <laughs> for the wine. For the wine that is. And my, but my favorite um, uh, my favorite very um, moderately priced. Cabernet is Route One from Chile. 
I'm familiar with it. Yeah, and and out here I can get it for about $22, and actually I use it in my classes, and the students are absolutely blown away by how good it is. And when they, and of course it has a beautiful bottle and a wonderful story to tell. Yes. Um, and when I tell them at $22, they can't believe it. So that's no. a really high quality. It's a great value, and and the interesting thing, as I mentioned earlier in the show, about the you know blind taste tests from the uh, from the Forbes magazine um, article in in that as I. I always say, look, you know, you pour it in a sock, you pour it out anywhere. It doesn't make a difference. The taste, the senses, I'm sure you teach this, are the most important part of it. You know, you've got to strip away everything else. You've got to strip away the, what you see. Uh, I've, I've experienced with people, with the, you know, and I've mentioned on the show before, with the screw cap. Of course, people have uh-huh. this snobbery about that and that they can't, you know, there's no romance, there's no pop, there's nothing. Uh, at the same token, if you notice in the wine industry, People are now going towards that. They're now, because of the fact of the potential of keeping the wine a little bit longer, the cellaring of the wine, and, and or keeping it just, you know, to drink from, you know, a couple of days worth to maybe a little bit longer than that. So, uh-huh. you know, that, having that tight seal. But what yeah. I was getting at was is that, I, you know, I love kind of demystifying the, and debunking the snobbery that you come across with people in your travels or and or when you, I imagine when you're teaching that people have preconceived notions as to what's good, what's bad, what's not, before they ever tasting the wine. Oh, absolutely. It's real absolutely. nice. It's real nice when you can kind of uh, do that and get that, you know, you do the blind, you, you, know, you remove the uh, paper bag or you, you just tell them what they're, what they're drinking. I've, I've done that with people. It's a beautiful thing when you have someone who claims to be, you know, an, an expert. And, I, and that's the last thing you want to hear is someone calling themselves an expert. So for me, it's a challenge to, you know, to, put out a wine and say, okay, try this one, which is, let's say, 60 or $80 a bottle, and try this one that's 15 I don't tell them the prices. I just tell them to try them. And, yeah, uh-huh. and I find a really good wine, a really solid wine that someone can, you know, it's kind of tough. They'll taste it, and they'll, they'll say, mm, you know, it's okay, but I like this one better. And they, I, I've had, I would say, at least 50% of the time, people purporting to be experts choose a you know, twenty dollar bottle of wine over an eighty or hundred dollar bottle of wine, and it's an amazing oh thing when they find it out and they go, "No way! Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's but, pretty funny. That's yeah, pretty because, funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's, it. it's yeah, it's, it's it's nice. It's just a little uh, we'll call it a parlor trick that I do. I like yeah, to do uh-huh. sometimes, but uh-huh. but I do appreciate uh, get you know hearing about and trying to give uh, you know some sort of exposure to. Every every area um, and and wine enthusiasts on every level. Uh, that's another thing I, I appreciate talking with. And again, it's great speaking with someone who's an educator. It's nice because you know again my audience and the people that are listening in can learn as well. And I learn too because I always I, I always feel I'm on that quest. And you never know everything. When as soon as you think you know everything, you might as well pack it in. You don't know oh, everything. I learn something every day. Actually, That's it. I, I love going to other people's wine classes. Oh yeah, because it's like I, I've got something to learn from everybody. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the of just wine in general. Uh, intrinsically, that's what it's all about. It's learning about the origins, learning about what you're drinking, uh, why it tastes the way it tastes, and the beauty. The other beauty of it is it's so personal. That you know, I love seeing people like when we're all sitting around a table and you're drinking, everybody's sipping, and, and they're giving their notes of what they think. And someone says, "Wow, I don't, I don't even come close to getting what you're t- smelling on that or tasting. Yeah. How are you getting that? You know." And then you ask them, "Well, what are you tasting? What you're smelling?" And it's something completely different. But again, it's so personal 
that, you know, there is no, I tell people, there's no wrong to what you taste or smell at all. It's so personal to you that, you know, you could be finding things that other people don't. And your palate, everybody's palate, their, chin, their tongue, their nasal passages are all different construction. And so it's, it's nice to hear what people get out of it and what it means to them, good, bad, or indifferent, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you calling in. I would li- like for you to call in as often as you like because certainly myself and, and my listeners would like to learn more about uh, Texas Wines. And if you want to give another plug again for where uh, you teach. Oh, it's at the uh, Le Cordon Bleu School in Austin. Um, and it's where uh, there's actually 17 Le Cordon Bleu schools around North America. Uh, yes, we have them down here actually, in Florida, too. Yeah, oh, that's right. You've got uh, Orlando and Miami, I think. Yes, yes. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying Excellent. Oh, that's it. That's it, actually. Okay. Um, they keep me pretty busy, but... Uh, um, you know, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> any uh, any wine uh, events that you're that you know of in your area, so I can let some people know if they if they're in the Austin um, area. Anything coming up you want to go to? Uh, you know what? I don't have anything this. I don't have anything in November. I'm taking a breather. In December, there's a um, holiday wine and food festival in Salado, which is not too far from here. Okay. And our, our big month is actually October. October is Texas Wine Month. So next year I'll call back every every Saturday in October until you until you um, bar me ban me from the show. <laughs> Never, it won't happen. I, I appreciate Excellent. you calling in, Jane. And and listen, All right, I'll talk you to have you a great again. day. Thank you. Thanks again. Take care, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. You too. Thanks. Bye bye. So long. Well, that was Jane uh, from Austin, Texas, and again. Uh, we had a late caller, but a caller nonetheless. Uh, I, I'm going to end the show today on that note. And if you get out to Austin, Texas, of course, if you get a chance, or, or anyone that's interested in the Cordon Bleu, you can go onto the website, www.lacordonbleu.com, and find out about the schools. They are in, as she mentioned, there's 16 schools all over the country, and you can find out more about them. Uh, that's it for Wine Talk today. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru. I want to thank all the listeners that listened in, I want to thank Jane for calling in and all the emailers that emailed in their questions. Remember to come back here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash do the wine guru on Saturdays at noon for more wine talk. And you'll, if you keep coming back to the website, www.stewthewineguru.com, you'll get updates on the uh, changes as to the schedule for wine talk, the additional shows that will be added in in the future. Also, for more information about anything you heard today about from the show, you can visit my website, as I mentioned, www.stewthewineguru.com. Email me any questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. And also, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can do so as well. Email me your uh, information about your company, your vineyard, your winery. I'd be happy to uh, take sponsorship as well. Thanks again. And we'll speak to you next week. Oh, Stu, 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 what's your motive? And now on Blog.